yes, you are the parent. Yes, your children should obey you. They must obey you. Yes, you have the authority. But are you going a bit above and beyond with the authority and the power that you have? You want your children to respect you, but do you respect your children? Because this relationship goes both ways. Hello and welcome to Family Planet 365. I am your host, Melina Jackson. Welcome in. Come on in. Let's get settled and get started. Today, I have a very interesting, somewhat, mm, for the lack of a better term, controversial topic. And I can't wait to share my thoughts with you about this because... It's something that I'm seeing more and more of today, and it's interesting as the times get more, um, I don't know, more modern, more um, not so uniformed, if you will, people kind of doing what they want to do. It seems like we are going back in time when it comes to, you know, how we treat our kids. So I can't wait to talk to you about that. But before we do, let's just talk about some other things for now. So How are you doing? How has your week been? How is the summer treating you? Did you listen to last week's episode? It was so good. I so enjoyed that. I'm talking to you about that, you know, saying sorry and all that. So if you haven't listened, stop this, pause this, go back and listen to last week's episode because it's going to somewhat coincide with what I'm talking about today. And, um, it's all relative. So do that. Do yourself a favor and go back and listen to last week's episode if you haven't already. And then come on over to Instagram and let me know how that helped you for the better, for the better, because we're always about progress. So let me know. Um, Okay. So what's in the news? Oh my gosh, the fake kidnapping. Now, can I tell you that First of all, you may or may not know this, but I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. So when the news story broke about Carly Russell, the first thing I thought was Birmingham? I-495? Really? And the reason why is because I-495 is a very busy highway. It's a main highway. And I don't know anyone who would stop on the side of the road because they saw a baby walking along the, the, the highway, so per se. And to be the only one who stopped, that's crazy. So right away, I knew something was up. I was like, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. And usually when it doesn't feel right, something's off. All right, you just trust that. So I, I wasn't sure if the entire story was a hoax, which it ended up being an, a 100% lie. But I was like, something about this is off because why would she be the only person to see the baby walking on the side of the highway? And how do you see a baby on the side of the highway at night? Because the highway is not like 
lit. It's not like a street, you know, a side street. It's a highway. So I just knew that was off. And then, you know, to see everybody on social media, when every all the celebrities started posting it, I was like, oh, my goodness. I really think this person did this to get the attention because when it garnered so much attention, I was like, wait, this is a setup. This is a, this doesn't feel natural. This doesn't feel like a natural concern. This is a hoax. This is like a game, a gimmick, a scam. And sure enough, when she showed up at her house two days later, the celebrities again posted, oh, she's safe. She, I'm like, wait a minute. Who does that? And then, you know, what's so sad, like Good Morning America and stuff had her parents on and right away. And I just think, you know, why does, why do things like this lead in the news? It's, it's foolishness. Like, why does foolishness get all the attention? It's amazing to me. It just shows like the day and age that we live in. And that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because we need to stay grounded. Like we need to understand what's going on in the world. Like everything that's going on isn't like, um, what's the, what am I trying to say? Just because it's in the news doesn't mean that it makes sense. Really, truly, honestly, the things that are going on in the news is, is again, foolishness. And you got to be able to know how to discern between fact and fiction and garbage and something that's going to change your life for the better. And that's one of the reasons why I don't work in news and hard news anymore, because long story short, you know, I studied journalism, always wanted to work in news. I'm a news reporter. Oh, my God. I'll tell you the story. I know what's going on. But after September 11th, 2001, that's when I noticed that the news started to shift into what can we use to scare people? What can we use to get them on edge? What can we use to keep their eyeballs glued to the screen? It didn't matter if it was accurate. It didn't matter if it really made a difference. All that mattered is whether or not the people would tune in and stay tuned in to the end of the show. And for me, that's not why I got into the business. I got into the business to be a resource to my viewers, to my readers, and to provide ways to better their lives, to tell stories that aren't being told. Not celebrity news, not what's going on with the latest, you know, um, reality star. It's what's going on in this community how can we better, um, you know, help people who single moms and what programs are there? I want to tell those kind of stories. So I digress. So I'm grateful that I'm not in the, the, the circus in the in the clown, you know, playing that game. I'm glad that I don't have to play that game because after September 11th, it did become a game. Every week, my editor will become like, let's go find a family who was affected by September 11th. Two years in, let's go find a family who's affected. I was like, wait a minute, there's other things going on. There's good going on in this world. And that's what I choose to focus on. Like, where's the good, right? So when this story was like on Good Morning America and the parents were there, I'm like, they don't even have facts. Like, this story is janky. You know, the, the information we have is janky. Why are we leading the news with this? So... 
truly, honestly, I knew right away that something was off with this and I never posted about it. I just wanted to wait and see. Let's just wait and see. And if I were a news director, we probably would have just mentioned it, but we wouldn't have like led with it or anything because you just know, like when you spent your life studying facts and learning how to report facts, you immediately know how to spot fiction. And I thank God that I have that gift because it saves me a lot of heartache. Yes, it does. It saves me a lot of heartache. So anyway, that story was crazy. It's whack. Now it's crazy because now she's like, she won't talk to the police and they're asking for privacy now. And I'm like, you didn't ask for privacy when the whole world was reposting and 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 praying for you to come home. Now you want privacy. Now we need to look into your mental health and all that. But let me tell you something from what I understand Mentally ill people don't plot and plan like that because they just don't have the bandwidth to do that. So miss me with the, you know, mental health stuff, because now that's mental health is like a cop out for a lot of people. And we need to hold them accountable for the quote unquote mental health activity that they engaged in, because everything is a choice. Right. So. I'm interested to see what happens with that. I mean, honestly, I don't really care, but I just want to see how, you know, does she, does she have to pay the price for that? Does she have to serve time? Like, what are we doing? Because if more people are feeling like, oh, I can get famous, you know, let me plot something for myself so I can get on, you know, have Tina Lawson, Beyonce's mom repost stuff and say my name and, you know, no pun intended, but, you know, have these morning talk shows talk about me. Let me plot something. You know, there has to be a price that you pay for, you know, fake news. We can't just go around doing that. And then when they get caught, it's like, oh, let's pray for mental health. Let's get him or her the help they need. That's crazy. Like, I don't want any parts of that. So, but I will be watching, right? So that's interesting. And then what else is going on in the news? It was something else I wanted to talk to you about, but I can't think of it right now. That was primarily the big issue um, with the, you know, fake kidnapping and, um, you know, sad that it came to this because all I know, Thread, are you all on Threads? Okay. So let me just talk about Threads real quick, quick, and we'll get into today's topic. So when I heard about Threads, it was like at night, nine o'clock, probably two weeks ago now, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm totally about to do this. This is cool because now I can kind of text back and forth with people who I want to talk to. Like I don't talk to on the phone and we don't text by phone, but you know, they'll comment in my Instagram or whatever. So I'm going to go on threads. I'm going to create the account and I'm going to talk to people. You know, this is a great way for us to connect, right? So I go, I make my account, you know, whatever, add it to the Instagram. And then I post like, Hey, Follow me on Thread because what I notice is once you join Threads, you can say, just follow the people that I follow on Instagram. And I made a post like, hey, no, don't follow me on Thread if you're not going to talk to me because it doesn't make sense to do what you're already doing on Instagram, which is just looking at the pictures and not saying anything. Threads, we're over here to talk, chat, have some camaraderie and, you know, have fun. So don't just follow me because I'm not all about like and when it comes to social media, I'm not about all about the quant the quantity 
I'm about the quality. So don't give me 20,000 followers when only three people talk to me or comment on my photos. I'd rather have the three followers that are always commenting, always engaging than the 20,000. Because for me, that matters. Remember, I'm a, I like to engage. I like to talk. And I want to talk, somebody to talk back to me. Well, sure enough, I was over there. I was, you know, posting things or whatever. I had a few engagement, like some um, stragglers followed me or whatever. But then I noticed like day two, nobody was really saying anything. And I was like, wait a minute. How is this different from what I'm already doing? Because I have Twitter. I'm not going to get rid of Twitter. Um, I haven't posted on Twitter. Like I'll repost things every now and then, but I'm not going to um, leave Twitter. And I have Instagram, which I post to you know, at least three times a week on my business accounts, personal account, not so often, because again, nobody talks. So I just really have Instagram for me, because that's a way for me to um, curate and archive my life with photos and thoughts, right? So I'm over here on threads. I'm alone again. Like here I am over here on this platform now trying to gain followers. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm about to get off this because this doesn't make sense. Remember, I'm a grown A woman. I don't have time for the games. And that's what this felt like. Like, oh, it was so exciting at first. I want to ride this wave, which I usually don't do. I usually don't jump on bandwagons because I don't like to do what everyone else is doing. You know, like this podcast, I've been podcasting now since 2008 okay so the podcast for me was just a way for me to like say my thoughts talk broadcast because that's the journalism background in me then as of like the last four years podcasting is really big so don't get it twisted like I'm not new to this I'm true to this right (laughs) so I've had my podcast since 2008 that was when I first did my I did my first podcast and I like to think that I don't just jump on bandwagons and do what everybody else is doing. And that's what threads started feeling like to me. It wasn't anything different from Instagram. And here I am on threads pretty much talking to myself, although people probably read it, but they're not going to say anything because I then came to the conclusion like, oh, threads is for like influencers and celebrities because It's those who are on Instagram who already got like the hundreds of thousands of followers that they'll go over to threads and easily get 75,000 followers because they already got a hundred or so on Instagram and they already have the engagement on Instagram. So it's just to come over here and have a different conversation or to expound on the conversation we had on Instagram. And I said, oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. I don't have that kind of following. That's not the kind of engagement that I have on Instagram. So it's not going to translate over here on threads unless you're a celebrity or an influencer or you just already have like that kind of following on Instagram. And I'm true to myself. I don't have that. Okay. So I was like, okay, day three, 72 hours. I told my son, okay, it's time to let go of threads. Now, get this. See, again, you got to know fact from fiction. Everybody was like, oh, my God, I can't let go of threads. I heard that if you get rid of threads, they'll delete your Instagram account. Oh, my God, I'm stuck here. I'm like, who told you that? 
Like, how does that even make sense? True to form, I deleted my threads. I inactivated my threads. My Instagram is still there. But I didn't go broadcast anything because, you know, I'm to the point. Find out for yourself. The information is here. Do the research. Find out for yourself. So, needless to say, I was on threads for three days. And the first day was the most fun. I enjoyed it. It was excitement. It was like something new. It was kind of like when Beyonce dropped her album, like December, was it December, like 2016 or something, 2017, the um, Drunk in Love or whatever that was when she dropped that. It felt like that. It was like, oh my, the pandemonium. Oh my God, the world is shifting. The world is moving. This feels so good. It's so good to be alive. That was fun. That was day one. Then day two, it was like, okay, what do I have to say? What can I say that's different? Oh my goodness, what? Uh, who can I follow that I don't already follow? Blah, blah, blah. Day three was like, what are you doing? Why are you here? This isn't, this isn't the game you play. It's time to go. And so I'm not on there anymore. But I hope you're having a good time if you're on threads. And um, I hope that it's making a difference because... That's the whole point. It's supposed to make a difference and we're supposed to experience, you know, um, a new way to be with people socially. So I think that's great. You know, I'm all for new things, but it's just not for me. I'm going to stick to my Twitter and Instagram because Facebook, I kind of just kind of let that, you know, dwindle away. I mean, I'm still active there as far as my profiles, but um, I don't post because nobody's really on Facebook like that. So it's just Instagram and Twitter for me. And I will start doing Twitter more, like um, tweeting more, because now, you know, it seems like not a lot of people are um, on Twitter. So I still want to keep my account because why not? Like, I don't have to leave because everybody else is leaving and I don't have to join something because everyone else is joining. So that's what's been up with me um, on the social media front and the news front. What's been up with you? How are you feeling about threads? How do you feel about the Carly Russell story? Let me know. Come over on Instagram. That's why I'm trying to get you guys over on Instagram. Let's engage. Family Planet 365 is the Instagram account. And um, yeah, so let's take a quick break and then we'll come right back to today's topic. We'll be back in a bit. Welcome back to Family Planet 365. I'm your host, Melina Jackson. And today I'm going to come in with something quick. I'm going to go and then I'm going to be out because it's not up for debate. It is what it is. The facts are the facts. And I'm just here to drop it for you. Give you something to think about. Look at the, look at your ways. Change what's needed to be changed. Mend what you need to mend and be better where you need to be better. Okay, so today's topic is no. You don't get to set, do and say whatever to your kids. No, you don't get to say and do whatever to your kids. What do I mean by that? This came up in my life because I think my husband said something like, oh, you need to say something about that. And I said, no, I think my daughter did something. And I was like, no, you know, they have to express themselves like, you know, true to form. My kids aren't cursing me out or anything like that. I don't tolerate that. But I do allow them to express themselves 
Meaning like if they don't feel something's right, they can tell me. I don't shut them down. If I'm talking about something, I don't say, oh, this is an adult conversation. I briefly tell them, oh, yeah, we're just talking about something in the news or whatever. I don't, I make them feel, I treat them like people. Because what what a lot of parents tend to misunderstand is that children are people too. And they want to be respected too. And a lot of parents go around, you know, throwing their authority around, you know, you're going to listen to me, you're going to do what I say. But would you want to be talked to that way? And I think the best time to start that kind of relationship is when they are small. You don't yell at your children. You know, I see I'm out a lot and I see a lot of people, you know, using profanity with their children. Um, That's a no-no because my thing is if you're sowing that seed with them, then you expect them to turn around and respect you. That's kind of idiotic because... Like produces after like. You can't mishandle your children or mistreat your children or talk to your children any kind of way or do them any kind of way and then in turn expect them to be loving, respectful, caring, and nourishing to you. It doesn't work that way. There's reciprocity. You know, a lot of parents think, oh, I only need to do that when with my spouse or my partner, you know, as far as reciprocity is concerned, you give and take and, you know, you nourish, but you do that in your relationship with your children as well. I remember when my children were small and even now, I would always say please to them like, hey, can you please pick that up or can you get that for me, please? And I will always say thank you when they do something. Thank you. And when I would do something for them, they would just naturally say thank you. Or they would say please because like produces after like. So they talk to me the way I talk to them. And since we're on the topic of profanity, I made it a point to never use profanity in front of my children up until the age of, I think it was like, 12 because there's then they started hanging outside and started being around friends and they would come and ask me mommy what is damn what does damn mean (laughs) and I was like oh okay let me go over all the curse words with you because I want you to know when you out here in these streets you need to know what these curse words are right so then it was then I started using curse words around them so they could understand like what um you know what are these words and how are they to be used and so forth And do you know to this day, um, now remember, I'm a mom, I'm a bit biased, but for the most part, I'm 92% accurate. My son, who's 18, and my daughter, who's 19, they do not use profanity. And they don't use it around me. Um, They might say things around their friends, but for the most part, they don't use profanity. Um, And I want to attribute that to the fact that when they were small, I made it a point that I did not use profanity around them. And I remember when my son, I used to take him to get his haircut. And we would go into the barbershop. You know, the barbershop is like the boys club. Oh, my God. We talking about everything. We using every curse word we could think of because we're cool. We trying to have swag. And I remember when my son would come in, I would say, hey, 
can you guys tone it down because he's four and I don't want him around that kind of language. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got it. Sorry about that. You sorry about that. And then sure enough, they'll start cursing again. I say, Hey, can you tone it down? Because I don't want my son exposed to that kind of language. And I just had to stay on there because at some point it just gets to a point where you're cursing out of habit. You don't even know what you're saying. So I would stay on them. And after a while, they would know when, oh, Miss Jackson comes to the door, like, we need to tone it down. We can't curse and all that stuff, right? And then when we're in the car, we didn't listen to rap music. You know what we would listen to? We would listen to nursery rhymes when they were little. Then when they got, like, to elementary school, we would do kids bop. But I made sure I kept their world a kid's world. And that is so important, and that takes a lot of conscious parenting because I get it, you know, we're in a TikTok age now. Parents are trying to be hip. You know, parents, you know, they want to be cool with their kids. But it's so important that we keep our kids in a kid's world because they have the rest of their lives to be out here in this real world that has so much going on. I almost said cruel, but I'm not going to say cruel because life is generous. Life gives to you what you give to it, right? So we're out here in this real world and they have the rest of their lives to do that. So why are we rushing them? Why are we rushing them? You know, I think about that um, not to get um, like not to go too far down a rabbit hole. But I see a lot of celebrity parents like with these little kids, especially girls. And I'm like, why are they rushing them? I think I mentioned this a few episodes ago. Like, why are you rushing your kids to be older? A nine-year-old should look like a nine-year-old. And what does a nine-year-old even look like? I don't know. I'm thinking a nine-year-old, right? Like just as long like a nine-year-old not looking, you're not passing for a 14-year-old. And why is an 11-year-old looking like a 16-year-old? I don't know. But why are we rushing our children to be grown-ups? Like, I promise you, it comes so fast. And when it does, you're going to be like, where did the time go? So let me just backpedal a bit. I want you to respect your children because no, you don't get to say and do whatever to them. You don't. And what do I mean by that? I want you to start thinking before you speak to them. Learn self-control. When something goes down, they spill something. There was this one dad who always say, what's, what's the matter with you? There's nothing the matter with your kids. They are perfect. You don't even have to say anything. They know. It, it never. I never understood when a child makes a mistake why the parent gets onto them. It's not like they tried to do it. Yeah, they spilled something. It's not like they tried to spill it. You know, I remember growing up, you know, my parents would be like, you're not getting up from that table until you eat everything on your plate. Why would you make a child eat food that they don't want? that they didn't even ask for. Like, are you doing that? Are you saying, no, you're going to eat everything I give you. You're going to eat all that food. A child doesn't have to eat all of their food. Would you want somebody making you eat food? You know, and I'll give you another good example. I'll never forget when I first had my, my firstborn, my daughter, and we took her to the pediatrician. And I think when um she was born in March, so I took her to the pediatrician like in... April or May, maybe it was May, but it was kind of hot outside, right? And I had her wrapped up like in a blanket 
She had she was in her carrier. She had on a little outfit. She had a blanket and a skull cap on the socks. And a pediatrician said, Miss Jackson, whoo, this baby is hot. Take all this stuff off. And I said, well, I know you're supposed to keep the babies, you know, wrapped up. He said, no, if you're hot, the baby's hot. If you're cold, the baby's cold. You don't have on a hat. You don't have on a blanket. Don't do that to the baby. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought you had to wrap the baby up, you know, because that's what people do, right? No, if you're hot, the baby's hot. You dress the baby according to you. So the same thing, you want to be treated with respect, you retreat your, you treat your children, your kids with respect. You don't want to be talked to any kind of way, you don't talk to your kids any kind of way. It just it's that simple. And I don't know why we get lost in the sauce like no, I'm the boss. Oh, that rhymes. I'm a poet <laughs> and don't even know it. But anyway, you get lost in the sauce like I'm the boss. No, you do as I say. No, now and all that stuff. And yes, you want to have some authority because children need to know there are boundaries and they need they feel secure when they're with someone who is sure, certain and in control and in charge. Right. But that doesn't mean you get to bully them. And by bullying is like sit down right here and don't do that. And remember, it's not what you say it's how you say it. So if your child is misbehaving, you need to get down on their level. You could bend down and say, what's going on? Is there, is there a way I can help you? I want you to come over here because it's safer. Or I don't want you to do that because of this. But you can be kind and have authority at the same time. For so long, we've been taught that to have authority, you got to yell. You got to throw a tantrum. You got to say mean things. That's not true. You can have more power by being diplomatic, being kind, being in control and staying calm. That's more powerful than someone losing their shit over something that doesn't even matter at the end of the day. Right. And a lot of this has to do with how you see yourself. So that's one of the things I really, really encourage, especially if you're a mother to or a parent to small children. I want you to get control now. I want you to audit yourself now, because when you get control now and you take on these skills, it just makes the whole parenting process a thousand times easier And I am telling you this from experience. You know, when I was thinking about today's show, I was like, I eventually need to have my teenagers come on and talk about what it's like, because they're still being raised, right? They're 18 and 19, but they're still our children. We're still raising them to an extent. I want them to talk about what it's like, like growing up under my parenting, because I want to put my money where my mouth is and kind of see like what is their perspective and I kind of already know their perspective because I know I I judge by their behavior they don't have behavioral problems my children never had behavioral problems maybe my oldest would get in trouble for talking but it was never oh she's disrespectful to the teacher oh she won't do what she's supposed to do or he won't do what he's supposed to do and I always thank them for that like thank you so much for making my life 
our lives as the mom and dad, our job easier because you all are such great kids. And yes, kids are perfect. They do make mistakes, but we are here as parents because we are in control. We know how to guide them. We know how to not be judgmental because that's another thing. If you're out here judging yourself, judging yourself, you are in turn going to continually judge your children, which in turn makes them insecure, which in turn causes them to act out. So you see, it's this cycle. And, you know, honestly, I don't know where I get this wisdom from. I think it's from heaven. It's from above. It's godly wisdom and it's experience. It is experience. And one of the things I always tell my children is, you know, I didn't have the best childhood because, you know, my parents had issues because their parents had issues and it was just this ongoing cycle. But one of the things I always say is I thank God for my parents because they are the reason I am who I am today. Because if I didn't have them as my learning ground, I wouldn't be able to turn around and do what I do with my children. But I say that to say I got therapy. I spent years in therapy to get to the bottom of my thoughts, to get to the bottom of what I was feeling. And I started therapy before I had children because I knew I wanted to do things differently. Now, what I didn't go around doing is say, I want to be better than my parents were. I want to do things better than my parents did because they did the best that they could with what they knew how, right? But it's 2023. And today there is so much information. There are so many resources that we really don't have an excuse as to why we're doing what we do. The only reason you're doing what you do is because you don't know the difference. And it's time to get to the bottom of that. It's time to understand that we have the power and we don't have to succumb to, I didn't know, or this is how my parents did it, or this is what I know to do. Get better, get better. So no, you don't get to say and do whatever to your children. Because if you're going around doing that, it's going to come with a price. I don't know what the price is going to be, but I can tell you that you're, you're going to get the same treatment that you're giving to your kids. Because like produces after like. So I want you to take some time to evaluate, what do I say to my children? Like, how do I express anger to them? Is that cool? Like, would I be okay if they were, if they expressed that same anger to me? Um, am I always apologizing to them? Like lashing out at them and then thinking an apology is going to clear things up because when you're lashing out, you're saying mean things, you're saying things to hurt them. Cause that's the only reason you lash out is to hurt the other person. Right? So you're lashing out to hurt them, but the damage is done. And an apology doesn't cure that damage. The damage is done. So we want to get to the bottom of like, why are we doing what we do? Why do we say what we say and get some self-control? Because, you know, having self-control is a superpower. And that's one of my superpowers. Like I control me. So when my children would have a temper, temper, tantrum, temper tantrum, I didn't have one too. I always say someone has to be the adult in this relationship. And I even say that now, like with my 18 and 19 year old and my 13 and 12 year old. Someone has to be the adult. And since I'm 46, I'll be the adult. And what does that mean by being the adult? It means that I'm going to keep my control. I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to say hurtful things. I'm going to be here as a resource. I'm going to be here as a guide. I'm going to be here as love. 
because that's what children need, period. All the days of their lives from age zero to 55, 100. All they need is love and they need someone who's a calming force because I'm a calming force. Like, you're not going to mess with my kids. I'm going to go. Who is it? Who do I need to talk to? And I'm going to be respectful to that person as well. But they're going to know like, oh, and Miss Jackson comes like, okay, you know, she don't play. She cool, but she don't play. And that's the persona that I've taken on for myself. Like, you're not going to do me any kind of way. I'm cool, but you're not going to do me any kind of way. You're not going to do my kids any kind of way. But I'm cool, though. Like, I'm going to be respectful. I'm not going to curse you out. I'm cool, but you're going to respect me. And that's kind of how it is with my kids. Like, I'm cool. And they know I'm respect. They're going to respect me because I respect them, you know. And so I could do a whole workshop on this because it is an art to the form. But the biggest thing is I want you to audit your relationship with your children and start thinking about how do I behave when things don't go my way? How do what do I say? How do I make them feel in that moment? Because, see, that two minutes of, you know, lashing out, going off, breaking them down is going to cause you a lifetime of pain. And it's just really not worth it, you know. So I want you to take one thing. Like, do you find yourself having to apologize to them later on? Or are you not speaking to them for days because of something they did? I want you to seek therapy. Because it's not them, it's you. There's something going on inside of you that is causing you to behave that way. And I don't care if you're 30, 20, 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60. I want you to get therapy so you could talk it out because your children aren't your therapist and they aren't to be experimented on. I want you to work on yourself always. Because when you're working on yourself always, that means you are progressing, you are getting better, and that in turn makes you a better parent. And your children see that. So that's my assignment for you this week. And forever, really. I want you to start thinking about, what am I saying to them? Like, And you know when you say something that you shouldn't say because you feel it. It doesn't feel good. That's one of the reasons, like, I've never called my kids stupid. You're so stupid. Oh, you're so, you're, 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 you know, you don't know anything. I've never done that because that doesn't feel good. Like, what? That doesn't feel good. So, you know, you know when you said something out of turn or you've done something out of turn because immediately you're shameful inside. Or you can't look them in the eye. Or you feel like you need to apologize. You know. You know, and it's up to you to do the work inside to get to the bottom of what's going on so that you can be a better parent, that you, so you can be the resource and the, the soft place to land for them. Now, I'm not saying that every day is perfect. It's not. But what I am saying is that you have the power to have self-control and to be the guiding force that is gentle. Right? Yes. That's powerful. I felt that for somebody. I felt that for somebody. So I want you to take inventory 
and to audit what do I need to correct? And then when you find out what it is, you don't need to make big announcements. You don't need to make big announcements. I want you to go within and figure out what can I do to right this wrong? Can I get therapy for a month or a year or whatever you feel you need to talk this out? Maybe it was something that my parents did to me or my mom did to me or I never knew my dad or my mom neglected me, whatever. It is not your child's responsibility to fix that for you. It's your responsibility. And at this point, we can no longer blame parents for our shortcomings because this is your life. This is, you have the power to fix it, to heal it, do whatever you need to do, but it's within you. You seek the help that you need so that you could be a better parent to your child because you don't get to say and do whatever to your kids. And I want you to take that mantra. The next time you you feel in, you feel entitled or you feel inspired to blurt something hurtful out, say, no, I don't get to say and do whatever to my kids. I don't. You just don't. I don't care what you're doing for them, how much money you spend on them, how much time you don't get to do that. So that's my message for this week. I want you to be better. I want your children to reap the benefit of you being better because it's just it's an amazing cycle and it makes the world a better place. So that's my story. And like Les Brown says, I'm sticking to it. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure. And I want you to remember, you can have it all. Bye for now.